Against All Odds is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it, and you must be 21 or older. No degenerate trifecta today, but we do have a very special guest, a consumer of all things 70s and 80s. He knows a thing or two about the 90s, too, from Laverne to Shirley, from Roper to Furley. He's pound for pound, the very best follow on Twitter, the father of the Super 70s sports handle. You can find his podcast at super70sports.com. Ricky Cobb is here. What's happening, Ricky? Sal, I am so psyched. It's always a pleasure when I get to hang out with you and talk about whatever is on your mind. So uh, I, I can't wait. The pleasure honestly is mine because we have the, um, I think we have the same likes. We have the same sensibilities. I love the seventies and eighties and you bring it all to life. I, I, first of all, I do want to promote your shop where you, you sell all the best t-shirts and memorabilia from that time period. And you, you dive into the nineties too. We have an announcer on Jimmy Kimmel live. His name is Don Barris and he is attempting to break the t-shirt record. I think he, ha- he if he does it, he's going to be like 92 years old or something, but he has to do like 10,000 t-shirts. And so I get on this site, super seventies, what it's super seventies.com, right? Super, super 70 sports store. Super 70 sports store.com. And you have everything that's really not trademarked, right? Cornered like WKRP or Lufthansa air or the Regal Beagle from the threes company. You've cornered the market on non-trademarked shops or quotes from TV and movies, right? We try to have fun with really, really niche stuff. And, you know, it's one of those things where, there's a certain sensibility that mm-hmm. my followers have, and you know what I'm talking about because you share it. So, yeah, there's some very, very specific uh, references from 30, 40 years ago that only a few of us get. But, uh, yeah, I've, I, I guess I've become the go-to guy for that kind of you absolutely are. And like I said, the Twitter account is is my favorite. You have, for instance, like you have like a Nanu Nanu t-shirt. And this of course is a nod to Mork and Mindy. And my favorite thing that you do is when you simulate a conversation of two odd people in a picture, or in this case, Mork, Robin Williams conversing with, uh, let's say the head of the network, ABC at the time. And so you're, you're made up conversation is, so my character's name is Mork. Yes. And he's from the planet orc. That's right. And he says Nanu Nanu a lot. Yeah, he says it all the goddamn time. What do you think, Robin? Well, get me all the cocaine in LA and I'll make it f-ing work. <laughs> I love I love stuff like that. I don't know how long it takes you to think that up. Maybe, or is AI doing this for you? AI could actually be doing stuff like that, right? Uh, you know, they haven't invented the artificial intelligence that's as f-ed up as, as my head yet. <laughs> okay. So I can't rely on it. But when they do, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here for it. Right. And then you have other things too. just like a lot of stuff that makes you go, oh yeah. Like kids, um, like eight, eight kids in the front seat of a, you know, a station wagon. Like, yeah, yeah. That's how it used to be. Or I think the other day you posted like Flintstone vitamins and yeah, you could eat like 30 of them. By the way, I'd like to see a study on how everyone, those kids turned out eating handfuls of Flintstone vitamins, if, if it was so, positive or negative. Yeah. Fistful of uh, Flintstones vitamins in one hand, fistful of uh, those Luden's cherry cough yes. drops in the yeah. other. 
<laughs> I mean, we sur- we survived, you know, between between my mom cautioning me about eating that stuff and sitting too close to the television. You know, right. it's really a miracle that I'm not blind and diseased, but uh, you know, <laughs> somehow we're somehow we're both on the uh, the the other side of fifty. We figured I gotta it tell out. You, yeah, a, a very happy birthday to you, sir. As we oh, as thank we you today. Yes, thank you. We are, I appreciate that. We're going to air this next week, but yes, uh, hopefully I'll be around by then. And uh, I appreciate that. That's uh, that's great. You know, um, yeah, and all that. And we were being beaten with uh, Charleston shoes when we didn't listen to our parents. So there was so much going on. Let me ask you this: Twitter is in a weird state right now. Are you nervous? Are you? Uh, I saw you bought the blue check mark. I don't begrudge you at all. You got to do business, right? Uh, there are limitations on everything, but. What do you feel about Twitter in general these days? You know, I I have faith in, in, in Elon, so I, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna pull through and everything's mm-hmm. gonna be fine. But I can always judge the the the, the level of uh, nervousness that's that's out there in the air by how many concerned private messages I'm getting from people. And I, I think it was last November that uh, the the sky was falling. You, yeah. you know, he cuts the the staff dramatically, and everybody was saying "R.I.P. Twitter." And and I was getting right. messages from people who were giving me their their phone numbers in some cases, saying "Here, you know, mm-hmm. just in case uh, we lose touch and that kind of thing." But uh, look, I, I I think we're gonna be I think we're gonna be fine. Twitter has always had problems, and and I think people tend to see the problems that Twitter has through the prism of how they feel about the leadership of Twitter, and I think that goes for both sides of the coin. So uh, you know, hey, uh, obviously I have a lot of eggs in the Twitter basket, and and as you said, uh, I, I bought the blue check mark. I waited so long for my goddamn check mark. Back in the legacy era, Sal, I had like 400,000 followers before it was finally uh, bequeathed to me. Right. uh, That's the word. And so uh, I wanted it. But I will say this, you know, Twitter's been obviously very good to me. So I I don't have a problem throwing $8 a month uh, at at Twitter because I wouldn't be here with you today if if it wasn't for that platform. And and I got to say, if you want an edit button... And you want the capacity to to uh, break off some longer tweets mm-hmm. for your eight bucks? You get to do that, so uh, it ain't the worst deal in the world either. But yeah, my 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 ego. I got used to looking at that that blue check mark. I I, right. know, I, I would feel naked without it. So <laughs> I'm with you on that. I'll probably break down and get it. I was actually testing myself. Look, I, I you can't be hypocritical, right? If you're going to sell things on this and you hate Elon Musk or whatever, like you, you'd have to be on or off, right? You can't kind of be in between. Um, and so I'll buy, I, I don't know. I was just thinking though, I was like, yeah, maybe this will put me on Twitter less if there are these limitations and that wouldn't be the worst thing. If you could just text me your tweets, um, that'd be great. I'd probably get off Twitter forever. <laughs> um, but uh, no, it's a fantastic uh, job you do there. By the way, you had a post um, the other day, starting rotation, since we're uh, right in the dog days of baseball and it's the only thing going on. Starting rotation at peak, you went with five pitchers. Um, Pedro, Gibson, Koufax, Gooden, and Randy Johnson. Now, you didn't see Koufax, right? Because I didn't see Koufax. Uh, you right. may have seen a little bit of Gibson. I don't think so. Where are you basing these five? Like you're not putting Cy Young in there, right? Who nobody saw, nobody lied. Yeah, basically. I'm not putting right. Cy Young in mm-hmm. there, you know. But I, I'm looking at 
the the history of the game. I mean, yeah, Gibson and Koufax were were both before my time, especially mm-hmm. Koufax. Gibson's career overlapped with our life, but I don't think either of us right. actually can you know remember seeing Bob Gibson pitch. But I've certainly seen the the highlights, and I and I know the statistics, and uh, you know I'm basing it off of that. I certainly remember young Dwight Gooden, who was mm-hmm. must see. TV back in that era. And, and of course, Pedro and Randy, um, you know, most of us, except for the very young are, are going to remember watching those guys, but um, plenty of good candidates out there, but for sure dominance, um, you know, those would be my five guys. If I could, if I could have them at the peak of their power, which was the, the thought exercise. And so I've seen some other interesting names mentioned, Greg Maddox. Yeah. That's the only the one I would maybe was, try to fit in there. So yeah, I don't know, you know where. Yeah, you could you could you could move Maddox in there. You you could but you know who do you trade him for, right? So it's right. It, it, it's a it's a tough call. Roger Clemens is another good one, but um, we're we're, we're going to leave him out because of the the the, the steroid. Yeah, know? right. You don't think Bob Gibson was on steroids? Is what you're saying? No, <laughs> Bob okay. Gibson was on <laughs> steak and potatoes. And, you <laughs> right. know, yeah. Yeah, maybe the cows were on steroids. Boy, that would be a whole other thing to look at, right? He was eating steak from a cow that was juicing. Um, I'll tell you, right, he so, was eating something yeah. in 68 that yeah, no wasn't available to anybody else because he was, <laughs> he was a bad, bad man. He really was. So I um, just a variation of this, I was thinking we could do like a draft, like a fantasy draft for maybe just like five players each for our team. And uh, just best baseball players from the 70s and 80s. I'll let you go first. Um, I think I know who you're going to pick because you um, you tweet about this individual a lot. And every time you'll tweet like a a weird fact, it'll just be eye popping, even though I think I've seen it like five times before. But go ahead. I'll let you pick your first. Well, I mean, the, the, the most fun guy to have would be the guy that you're referring to. Now, if I'm actually going to pick who I think the best player was of the 70s for me, and I don't know, you're giving me the 80s now, too. 70s, I thinking, 80s. I was, yeah. I was thinking 70s earlier, but if if I'm picking a guy, 70s, 80s, I can have anybody. I might just I might just start with Tom Seaver. Okay. You know, who, who is a who's another guy that is close, which I'm I'm handing you, I'm gift wrapping uh, right. the guy that you want for you, probably at number two, but I had Tom Seaver at number so two. Good. I'm a big Mets fan. So I had so Seaver good. at number two. Yeah. So we're trying. Yeah, I think off. he was the best pitcher of the seventies and, and yeah. the seventies was full of, of great, uh, great, great pitchers. But sure. Seaver, Seaver would be my guy if we're, if we're, uh, you know, and he was pretty sexy himself, but the, mm-hmm. the guy, the guy that you're referring to for entertainment value cannot possibly be matched. I hope we're talking about the same guy because it'd be weird if it were not, but yeah, yeah no, to Rick put Russell, a, right? we're, uh, we're both talking Rick Russell. about Rick Russell. It was, it was the other Russell. It was, um, yeah. Then, were there two Russells? I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Paul, his brother, Paul, Paul. Russell. That's yeah, right. He was the, he was the uh, <laughs> dominant one. <laughs> yeah. Seaver for me was the greatest Met of all time. We could certainly use yeah. him right now, even in his state, I think uh, current state, we would be able to use him, but um, 198 wins for the Mets, three Cy Young awards with the Mets. And that's why I, if, if I thought you were going to go number one, who I'm now going to have to take, and I was going to take Seaver second, but Tony Gwynn is who we're discussing, right? Is that who we're talking about? 
Tony Gwynn. I thought you were talking about Nolan Ryan. Oh, okay. Well, he was third Tony for me. Gwynn, but so yeah, I'm giving I mean, you Nolan Ryan, but I'm giving you oh, I wow because I feel like you lean heavy on the Tony Gwynn trivia. I, I do. I mean, to, to me, Tony Gwynn and Nolan Ryan are the two best baseball players for the factoids. Okay. And, you know, because Ryan has some, you know, Ryan took 31 no hitters into the seventh inning. Right. In his career. Can you imagine? Right. And Insane. We're in an era now where there's, you know, I don't know. I mean, how many times do you think Jacob deGrom is going to see the seventh inning over the course of the rest of his career? Uh, uh, if he has a, a TV, I guess he could watch uh, <laughs> just the seventh inning in general. Yeah, no, I'm, I know. I'm telling yeah. you, you know, so, so there's a lot of Nolan Ryan stats that are uh, stunning, but my favorite Tony Gwynn stat Go ahead. is Tony Gwynn, who had a 338 career average. Could have gone O for eleven hundred ninety nine. Wow! At bats, yeah. At the end of his career, and still retired as a three hundred hitter. O for twelve hundred, Sal. He should have done that just to make a point. That would have been <laughs> so fun. Yeah, I, I mean, and I love the stuff you put up. Like he had many triples as strikeout. Like he only K'd three times, only once in a game. Um, obviously, the strike. Strike shortened season. He batted 394. That's the closest anyone's come to 400. This Marlins guy's not going to do it. So I don't no. know. Whatever, whatever odds you want on it, it ain't happening. Um, I'm trying to think. What else? He had 19 straight 300 seasons. The closest right now is J.D. Martinez with four. He faced Greg Maddox, who we mentioned 107 times. Uh, batted 415 against him. Um, it's, it, it just goes on and on three fifty in five straight seasons. He played the game like everybody else plays softball, right? Where he could adjust his stance mid p- yeah. pitch and hit where the, the holes are basically. Right. So that's, that's why he's, he's yeah. my pick, uh, right there. But so you can go Ryan. All right. So we won't do it like snake draft where you get two picks at the end of the round. I'll get too confused. So you went Seaver. I went Gwynn. You're going to go Ryan third. I'm going to take Ryan third, not because I think he was the third best player, mm-hmm. but, but my God, my gate, my gate receipts are going right. to be huge every fourth day. And I'm going to have a lot of fun uh, seeing, seeing what happens. So why, why the hell not? Let's bring yeah. Nolan Ryan in. I'll, I'll take Seaver and Ryan at the head of my rotation. And yeah, nobody's you know, hitting good, you. Good, good yeah. luck. Right. Nobody's hitting you five thousand over, over 5,700 K's. To, to me, the complete games is just what's insanity, right? I mean, this was not 100 years ago. This was 40 years, you know, 222 complete games. He had 22 complete games in 1977. Imagine that. Like, you don't, you don't get that many starts from these, uh, these pitchers, let alone complete games. So um, he, he was a freak. I, I, you know, I, one of my favorite stats I think about Ryan that I've posted is he got his 3,000th career strikeout when he was 33 years old. And he went on to have more strikeouts after that wow. than Warren Spahn had in his career. Wow. And I believe Marichelle had in his career than I believe Bob Feller had in his career, Tom Glavin, right. Drysdale. Um, you know, even if you're just counting the stuff he did after 3,000. So after 33 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan is uh, a- absolutely you know, on a pedestal where the direction that starting pitching is gone, mm-hmm. it, the, uh, you know, Ryan's achievements looked incredible to us, even when we were young, but he, he's going to look like Cy Young. 
right. some of these people, right? You know, I remember looking at 511 wins and thinking like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Well, the, the era that we live in now, you know, you just look at the amount of uh, complete games uh, that some of these guys had, yeah. and it, it looks like you're looking at like old Hoss Radborn's uh, <laughs> right, career right, statistics, right. you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Three finger Mordecai Brown, all those guys. Yeah. Um, exactly. All right. I have the fourth pick overall. And this guy's a dick. He's actually actually walked out on me in an interview. I was like obsessed with him and I was on his side with the sports gambling thing, being a sports gambler. But Pete Rose is my number four pick. He actually, he wrote a book and he devoted a couple chapters to the sports gambling. And I talked to him about the entire book. And then when I brought up the sports gambling aspect of it actually taking his side saying hey you were such a numbers guy i understand why you were bored in the dugout and decided to gamble on these games because you know what, what are you going to do you're sitting there and you have these numbers and you know and he's like well your fans don't want to hear about this this was 30 years ago uh they don't want to hear about it. like all right they don't really want to hear about um what you batted in utica in 1961 <laughs> waiting a, a call up but uh yeah and, and he actually walked out on me so anyway he's an a-hole but I have to pick him fourth. Um, batted over 309 out of 10 years in the 80s. And the only time he didn't bat over 200, uh, 300, he was hit 284 um, because his bookie uh, didn't think he could hit exactly 284. So he bet on him. So that was it. <laughs> that was the 70s, by the way, not the 80s. Yeah. So uh, that was degenerate, yeah. you know, an absolute degenerate. But he did have more hits than anybody in the 70s. And, yeah. you know, he, he was very durable. Mm-hmm. You know, an all-star at multiple positions. And, uh, you know, I know there's some people who think that he's overrated. but And, you know, I, I don't think that Pete Rose is one of the top five or ten players in history. Mm-hmm. But when you look at what he did, I mean, pretty, pretty damn remarkable. And, yeah. and, and he's been his own worst enemy, you know, as you're alluding to, Sal. Like, even people who like him, you know, he can be off-putting. Um, right. To those of us who want to, yeah. who want to like him, who want to root for him, and and you know, you're always just like, oh Jesus, you know, this guy really just isn't all. <laughs> it's a bizarre but, quality um, to have. Uh, yeah, to but I'm not, a, I'm like not much of a yeah. pearl clutcher, you know. So I mean, yeah, yeah. put him in the Hall of Fame. I promise <laughs> yeah. you, there's other assholes there already. Yeah. There's people in the Hall of Fame who juiced. I don't know mm-hmm. who they are. I can't name them. I don't have a specific person in mind necessarily right. when I say that. But you can't tell me that we don't have some steroid users in the Hall of Fame. We got racists in there. We got guys who were husbands. Mm-hmm. We got you know we got guys who cheated on the field. I mean, Gaylord Perry cheated throughout his career. So I mean, oh, we go on talk shows and laugh about it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I mean, what, what yeah. are we really? What are we really gaining? from this Pete Rose is 81 or 82 years old. His reputation is what it is. He's been on the sidelines for 35 years. Just let the mother in the hall of fame. Well, don't tell him you're in his corner because that's when he'll blow you up. That's exactly (laughs) when he turns on you. So yeah, yeah. Psychological. I don't don't, uh, don't like that, but uh, you know, that's what you get. I'm with you 100%. I'm with you. Enough time has passed. Um, Mike, uh, okay, so you go now. You you go. All right. Uh, well, yeah. you, you've got Tony Gwynn, and there's only one guy that I can even begin to answer that with. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to take Rod Carew. Ooh, okay. Who uh, you know is gonna bring very Adam similar Sixth. skill set uh, mm-hmm. to Gwynn, career three twenty eight hitter. I think. Mm-hmm. What did Tony have? I think Rod had seven batting titles, and Tony yep. had seven or eight, whatever whatever it was, or they both had seven. 
Um, I, but Carew is, uh, you know, obviously he's an on, he's an on base machine. Uh, good guy. I've gotten to uh, make his acquaintance a bit. He was he was on my podcast last year, and so uh, Rod Carew. Hey, I, I know I know somebody is is going to be uh, hitting it a nice clip for me. So I, I, I got to have some bats in this lineup for uh, Seaver and Ryan. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's not bad at all. I had him sixth overall. So he was going to be my next pick. Had you taking um, who I thought you were going to take at five. Yeah. Stole home 17 times. Um, I think he gets a bad rap because of the way he held the bat. I think it was so <laughs> flimsy and it was like uh, maybe like a magic wand kind of thing. And uh, but to me, that makes it even more impressive. Um, he won a batting title one year without hitting a home run. So I think that works against him, too. People like to see a little power, but. Yeah, as far as like who you're um, confident in getting a hit back in the day, he's he's right there. It's he and Tony Gwynn, right? Those guys are on a different level. You know, they're yep. on a different level. I'm the the, the guy from Miami. Um, I'm a fan of this guy just because you know the the art of hitting for high average and mm -hmm. you know just hitting the ball hard somewhere, uh, but you know not not trying to jack everything into the seats, which is obviously the era that we've, we've been in for some time. Right. I'm, I'm a fan of those guys. You know, you don't see Tony Gwynn, right? What did he call it? The 5.5 hole. Mm -hmm. He made his living between shortstop and third base. And, right. you know, Carew obviously could do the same thing. Absolutely. All right. So that's your, now I'm getting confused. That's your that's fifth my, pick uh, overall. That's my, so it's yeah, your that's third my number guy. three pick. Right, yeah. you, got an, you got a bat now in the lineup. And now I'm going to go, um, well, well, this is my third bat. This is going to be tough because I don't have any pitchers on my team. But Mike Schmidt, um, 548 homers, 10 gold gloves. And when he retired, only four players had hit as many home runs and so few at-bats. Ruth, Killebrew, Fox, and Mickey Mantle, none of which played in the 70s or 80s. So... Um, it's hard for us to put him in there. Maybe Mantle. Did Mantle spill into the seventies? I don't know. Uh, I guess he, nope. No? His last year was uh, sixty-eight, I believe. Sixty-eight. Okay, so there, Mike Schmidt, right there. Uh, that's my pick there. You agree? Greatest, was he going to be in third there? baseman in history? Yeah. I, I, you know, I for me, Schmidt is uh, clearly uh, number one third baseman all time. Uh, great seventies power mustache. You know, the stash was good for at least five bombs a year. Mm -hmm. uh, back in those days. So yeah, Mike, Mike Schmidt is a, a, a great pick there, Sal. Uh, Love it. I'm going to come back with my pick and I'm going to take Joe Morgan. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think the Joe Morgan, the 1975, 1976 version of Joe Morgan, who was a uh, back-to-back NL MVP, um, that guy, that might've been, he, that might've been the best that any, anybody was in the seventies when Morgan was at his very peak. Cause mm -hmm. He, he had power. He had speed. He was a smart base runner. You know, he stole bases at a high success rate. Yeah. He, 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 would, he would draw over 100 walks a year back in the era before anybody had ever heard of Bill James. Uh, yep. Joe Morgan was playing a very sabermetric, uh, you know, friendly uh, style of baseball, even if as an announcer, he didn't seem to appreciate um, you know, what had made him so good, which was a, a little bit interesting sometimes, but, uh, you know, that, that Reds lineup of the seventies, you know, it, when they're running four MVPs out there in, mm -hmm. in, in their lineup, I, I think at the best that everybody was Morgan was the Morgan was the best guy on the big red machine. So yeah. I'll, I'll take him. I 
I might grab one of his teammates with my fifth pick. Um, well, I, I already said too much. Now you're going to steal it. But with my fourth <laughs> yeah, pick, <laughs> now you're going to. Hey, listen, I need, you know, you need a good catcher. Oh, so damn. You, you are going to. You better take I, him here if you want. I, I thought I could trick you into thinking I was going to take Dave Concepcion, <laughs> but it's not the, it didn't work Cesar out. Cesar Geronimo yeah. on yeah. your board. <laughs> the Morgan was great also considering like he had a seizure every at bat, right? With that back, <laughs> that back flipper get just that, uh, that out of control. Yeah. 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 And he still put up good numbers. I have to take Dr. K here. Um, I mean, you took Seaver and I'm not basing it on a lot of years. If we're doing this seventies, eighties, obviously wasn't there in the seventies, but 85 was his rookie year. 24 and four, 153 ERA, nothing better. No one more fun to root for as a Met fan. First teenager to strike out 10 batters in a game, which is interesting. He was, uh, he was exactly 13 years old when he did that. No. So, um, so I'm excited. Can you imagine to, uh, facing him in little league. I, oh my God. He yeah. was, Cause I mean, you know, he, he was like six years out of little league. Right. You know, when he got to the majors and I got to believe <laughs> I got to believe the 13 year old version of him was causing some problems. Yeah. So. You don't think it just all of a sudden hit at uh 17, 18. Yeah. yeah. Unless he yeah, was exactly. a very late bloomer. Uh, that, that I was a nervous at bat for your average 12 <laughs> or 13 year old. I would imagine he probably made more kids. That's an interesting thing to not that we'd ever be able to figure this out, but who made more kids quit little league? A, a, a guy <laughs> like Dwight Gooden probably, you know, just, I, I don't want to stand up against, you might think like, Oh, the, all these guys are going to throw 90 as a 13 year old. Yeah, you, re you remember the hard throw. I, I remember the hard throwers from my little league, right? 40 yeah. years ago in cave city, Kentucky. Right, right. None, none of them, none of them went on to be Cy Young winners, but <laughs> they, they still made they still made me <laughs> my pants in nineteen eighty two. You know, so um, I gotta believe I gotta believe Dwight Gooden was more impressive than the guys I faced. So I don't think I wanted any part of that. You know what? That's probably an even better stat. Who made um, more kids <laughs> pants? Forget about retire <laughs> from Little League. Uh, all right, you have now. This is your last pick. So you have. What do you have? You have Seaver. Now I already lost track. You have Seaver, Carew, Ryan, um, Ryan, and Joe Morgan. And Joe Morgan. So I, I've, you know, I, I look with this fifth pick. It's it's real tempting to take Johnny Bench. I, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. I want to. I want to. Uh, I want to jump on Johnny Bench here, but I'm going to go ahead and be true to my seven year old self who mm -hmm. discovered and fell in love with baseball more because of this man than probably anybody else. Yeah. I'm going to have to take Mr. October. Yeah. Because, you know, in, in that era, who, for me, the guys that most symbolized baseball in the seventies, not saying necessarily the best players, mm -hmm. but the three guys for me that are most evocative of seventies baseball. When I think of seventies baseball, are your guy, Pete Rose. Mm -hmm. I mean, we think he's your guy. My I mean, guy. Sounds like yeah. He's not a huge fan of you. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, I'm not his guy, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not his guy. But I would say Pete Rose, Reggie Jackson, and Nolan Ryan, for me, yeah. are the three guys that most – so I feel like all three of those guys should at least be encompassed in our draft. So okay. I'll, I'll grab Reggie. He, you know, he won five rings in the 70s. That's that's pretty good. And, and nobody nobody was more dramatic. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, I, with, I, with Nolan and Reggie on the same team, uh, we're definitely going to have some charisma. Have you watched the Uncivil War with the Dodgers, Yankees, 77, 78 
team. Um, oh, it's real. You, you haven't seen it yet. It's, it's I haven't it's, seen it yet. Oh, uh, you'll, you'll, it'll be like crack for you. It's, it's okay. Well, it's, then I, it's, it locks in on the 77, 78 seasons, both world series ended up Dodgers Yankees. And it just goes back and forth between, you know, Garvey. I don't want to say he was the villain for the Dodgers, but he was the most charismatic and had a lot going on beyond against him. And then just that Yankee, that craziness with Martin and Steinbrenner and Jackson and how Martin would be fired over and over and come back. And it was because of Jackson and fighting Reggie in the dugout and Reggie's monster home runs against the Dodgers and just getting them that it's a, uh, it's spectacular. You're, you're, you're going to like it a lot, but the Billy yeah. Martin thing is just crazy. Just really not. We'll never say anything. I'm all like in it. on that. Yeah. That was my introduction to baseball. 78 yeah. was the first season that I really remember. Me and too. I was a Yankees fan. And so, um, the Bucky Dad know, stuff, right? Yeah. 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 It was, it, that, that's as good as it, that's as good as it gets. So yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check that out. Yeah. Check that out. Oh boy. So now I'm stuck. Now I, I, led with maybe I would take bench with my last pick. What's my team looking like? Not that it matters. Not that I'm going to trot them on the field, but it's Gwynn. It's Rose. It's Schmidt. It's Gooden. I think I'm going to put Ricky Henderson there. You don't mind, do you? If I put Ricky oh, Henderson no, there, no, like no Ricky Henderson. Yeah. Ricky Henderson is an outstanding pick, right? right. Yeah. I'm, I'm my head's been a little more in the seventies, but yep. Yeah, you can make a. I mean, he's the greatest leadoff man in the history of the history of baseball. There's That's no where I would bat him on my team. Exactly, yeah. leadoff. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> you, you you put him in the leadoff spot. Put uh, Bat Rose second. Bat Tony Gwynn third. Oh come on! I mean, my what God, team. you know. Yeah, I mean, you got bases God, loaded every inning at first. Absolutely yeah. filthy. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at his stolen base and that when stolen bases were a thing, a hundred, 130, 108, you know, 93, just insanity. And he had some pop too. He had 24, 28, uh, 24 home runs, you know, in there. So yes, like you said, greatest leadoff uh, hitter of all time, Ricky Henderson. So, all right, that's our, you know what? I think we did well. We picked good teams. <laughs> I like our teams. I, yeah. I really do. I think I got caught up a little bit in marquee. Uh, that's name, okay. Name yeah. appeal, you know, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I don't know, man, you got, you got a, you got a tough lineup there. I, Let's I, go. I, you know, if this draft continued and uh, you, you, you put a big bat there in the cleanup spot. Uh, right. I, I don't know, man. That's pretty filthy. Yeah, I know. Well, let's just do it. Let's just see it. Gwen against Nolan Ryan. Let's see it. We'll, uh, we'll play it all out. Um, Hey, we're going to take a break and then we're going to talk summer movies. I know also one of your favorites. We'll be right back with Ricky Cobb. Why should you bet with Caesar Sportsbook? Two words, Caesar's Rewards. Every bet brings you closer to the types of benefits only Caesars can offer. Hotel stays, VIP experiences, sports and concert tickets, and more. It's not just an app, it's an empire. You must be 21 and older and physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Utah, and other states where prohibited. No one stop before you start. If you have a gambling problem, Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Ohio, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling, and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or Maryland, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Massachusetts, if you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, please call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org for 24-7 support. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. 
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, so summer movies. And again, you sell a lot of these t-shirts. And what's the biggest summer movie or movie t-shirt sale you have? Did I even say that right? I don't know. Well, you know, it's like, I don't know. I mean, what do you, I mean, what do you consider a summer movie? Yeah. I mean, what's, what's our definition of a summer movie? I don't movie? know, because is the is the movie itself centered around the summertime or was it released in the summer? I guess we have to figure that out, right? Yeah, I mean, that's it's a good question, because I was thinking about that earlier. I mean, if we're like a good summer movie for me, one of the first that came to mind for me was mm-hmm. uh, was Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just has that vibe. I mean, obviously it's still during the school year, yeah. so it's not technically summer, but the whole Wrigley field vibe and that was summer. That scene was actually shot on July 5th. My birthday it was actually shot in July. So yeah, it does have okay. a summer vibe. Um, there you go. Yeah. It's got that good summer, you know, school's out for summer and we're mm-hmm. going to do shit that we, what's more appealing. I mean, it's still appealing now at, at, at my age, but when I was a teenager, what's more appealing than doing something you're not supposed to be doing, you know, and go skipping school and going to Wrigley field. I mean, my mm-hmm. God, when I was, when I was 15 years old, when that movie came out, that would have probably been like the, the, the greatest thing that I could possibly have aspired to. So, yeah. uh, so that, so that one's uh, going to make my list. Okay. All right. That's number one for you. Yeah, absolutely. I try to do the timeline of, um, of that movie. That's the only thing that bums me out because I don't think they would have been able to get everything done in time. The museum, the lunch, what time would that first pitch have been? 115, 110 or something? Yeah, it been like a 115 start. Yeah. The parents yeah. seem to get back when it's light out. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's the only thing that throws me off, but definitely a great, great uh, movie, a great pick for uh, summer movies. I have to go with my first. I think it's the greatest summer movie of all time and the scariest, the best horror film of all time, Jaws, 1975. And um, I was terrified of this movie. I was four when it came out, right? So were you. And I remember the book. Somehow the book was every everywhere we walked, I'm holding hands with my mother and we'd see that book in the front window of every shop. And it was a naked woman, right? Swimming and then just this monstrous shark um, about to devour her. And it scared the living crap out of me. And it's about, it's definitely, right? It was about the 4th of July. It was in um, Nantucket. Do they leave the beach open? 
Do they close it? And just that music, you're just never going to beat that music, that terrifying music of Jaws, whether the shark was in the ocean or not. And I like the idea as we read about shark attacks more and more this summer, which is always a thing. Um, I like the idea that, no, it's only one shark. Once we kill this one shark, it's over. We're good. <laughs> right? Yeah. Just a bad seed. You yeah. know, that's all we do. We eliminate him, everything. Right. <laughs> Except for the 17 sequels ahead. So that's my pick for uh, Best Summer. Well, that's a movie. blockbuster. You know, I mean, no, yeah. no question about it. It's a legendary, legendary summer movie for, for good reason. And it holds mm -hmm. up. You know, it's still a fun movie to watch. Really does. All right. So what's your uh, second pick going to be? We'll, well do you know, I'm, I'm a comedy guy. So like the, the second one that I thought of is National Lampoon's Vacation. Yeah. Pretty good. You know, 1983. What's more, what's more evocative for me of, you know, being 12 years old than Clark Griswold loading <laughs> up the family truckster and heading for California, you know, yep. and everything that everything that goes wrong. So uh, for, for me, the summer vibes of, uh, of, of that cross country road trip are still pretty strong. I like it. I like it a lot. It was in my top five for sure. I feel like I'm just going lame here, though, with the with the blockbusters. You're right. Jaws was a, a number one for me. I think I have to go Grease 1978. I think it was I'm pretty sure it was the first movie I saw in theaters. I probably shouldn't have as a seven year old. It was pretty dirty. Right. With Kanicki knocking up um, Rizzo, uh, at least we thought <laughs> until the big carnival at the end, the big reveal. But you've joked about um 31-year-old Australian women um, uh, posing yeah. as seniors in high school, right? Is it 31 so or 33? Was she even older? So did, she might have been older, you know. But Olivia Newton-John. Yeah. Very disappointing when I got to high school myself uh, <laughs> yeah. that there were a lot less song and dance numbers and there were <laughs> there was a disturbing lack of hot 30-year-old Australian women, at least right. in my school. I, I don't know what your experience was. Well, I, you know, no, there was... um. It was the same amount of song and dance in my high school, but we in the bleachers, the the T-Bird versions of my friends, um, we couldn't hear the pink ladies, right? They were all in a completely different, like what the, the half of the uh, tell me more, tell me more song doesn't make as much sense if you can't hear the girl's version um, three miles away singing, you know, right? <laughs> look, that, that's the only thing. Tell me more, tell me more song. It's, I mean, look. It, it, the, the song hasn't aged well because you got the one guy who's just basically inquiring as to whether Travolta raped her. Yes, you know? yes, yeah. Exactly. Just like, Did she put up a fight? Did you have <laughs> duct tape? You know, like what? Tell me. What, yeah. What, what kind of did she put up a fight? And, and at the time, seemed perfectly fine. I'm just saying, right. it only occurred to me like four years ago that, like, oh, Jesus, that's kind of dark. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's a sing songy. Yeah, don't worry about the lyrics at all. <laughs> yeah, we're just having fun here. It's the fifties. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, let me see. Uh, did you get very far? Like, does he have a car? Okay, yeah. The it, it seems a lot more tame on the women's uh, side. She swam yeah, by me. She got a cramp. They're not acting like sociopaths over there on yeah. the women's side, but this guy's <laughs> just like, look. Uh, did yeah, you have right. to? Did you have to physically restrain her? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I saved her life. She nearly drowned. So she owed me. Right. I think that's <laughs> right. it. <laughs> that's what that's they're right. looking at. That's yeah. Right. 
Yeah, yeah, you're right. There mm -hmm. might be a restraining yeah. order right Maybe there, so. uh, yeah, somewhere probably. there. All right, so but Greece nonetheless is my second pick. What's what's yours? It was on my list. I, you know, very very solid here. Let's see. I'm peeping over here to my uh, my cheat sheet. Okay. Um, looking at my looking at my big board. I'm like Mel Kiper Jr. over here. I still see some value, Sal. Mm -hmm. I am going to come back with Back to the Future. Really good. Really good. Um, you know, back to the future. I don't remember if it was the summer. I, th I think it was actually in the fall when I saw it. I think that's why yeah. I didn't include it on my list, but it is yeah. probably my favorite movie of yeah. all time. So. I, may, I may yeah. be wrong to consider that a summer movie, actually. Mm. Uh, but I don't know. It in my mind now as a, you know, 50 year old guy, it mm. takes me back to, you know, the summertime and, and, you know, Marty McFly's bullshit. But I may have, uh, I really may have miscategorized this movie though. Well, it's okay. I'm typically the enchantment under the sea dances in June. I don't know. I'm not sure how it plays out, but yeah, it did seem, did seem yeah. summary. That's okay. You could list that summary to me. Yeah. God damn it. I, you know, but, <laughs> if, if, but how about this? How about this? How about if I pivot, I'm going to disqualify okay. back to the future. How about right. just one of the guys? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. one of the guys. This mm -hmm. is like one of my all-time sneaky, under-the-radar classics. Right. That you know, teen movie. It's it's checking every box. You got you got William Zabka mm -hmm. at the peak of his '80s teen supervillain powers. Right. You've got, you've got a great surprise boob flash scene, which mm -hmm. you know was more precious than gold to us. <laughs> When you we had to 15, have it too for the movie yeah, to make you sense. Yeah. It. You didn't think you were going to get it from that mm -hmm. movie. And then it's just like a holy shit. Can't yeah. believe that happened. The, the, the kid, as I've tweeted before, the kid that plays her younger brother just turns in one of the most magnificent performances ever committed to mm -hmm. uh, uh, film. Uh, uh, unbelievable movie, an HBO favorite back in the day. So absolutely I, I, just one of the guys. I know. Yeah. I know. There's at least a few people listening to this that are that are nodding their head in, in agreement. Others, yeah. Others who need to see it. If you are uninitiated, go find the movie. Just one of the guys. 1985, I believe. Is that when it was? Yeah, it was peak yeah. HBO. Uh, we we had just gotten cable. I think the year before. Um, and they played that to death. They really did. That was a summer movie for sure. Um. Let me, uh, yeah. Who, wait, who played in, uh, just one of the guys who was the lead, uh, Joyce Heiser, Joyce Heiser, right? Joyce okay. Heiser. She was, uh, uh, Springsteen's ex-girlfriend. Is that and, right? Uh, I didn't yeah, know that. I don't know if that came first or after, but she ended up, I think she dated Springsteen for a couple of years. And after. he was able to figure out it was a woman. <laughs> wow. You talk about yeah. dumb high schools like that. That is the one thing like I, w I would have been able to figure that out right away. I think. Yeah. It seems uh, like she yeah. was still giving off. She was giving off female vibes to me. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. you know, yeah, I don't even know that we're allowed to talk Maybe about that was ahead of its time. Yeah. It was, it, yeah, was, it really was you know, gender. We were doing like a gender switch up, uh, you right. know, way before it became a social, mm -hmm. uh, you know, social issue. Absolutely. All right. I am going to go with, so that was your second pick, I think. Uh, or that third. was, that was your third. third. Yeah. Okay. I'm going Charlie's angels. I know it was 2000, mm. but it, to me, that's the quintessential. Those women. No, 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 that wasn't good. Uh, I'm not going Charlie's angels. I am going to go, you know what? I'm going to go do the right thing. One of my favorites. Um, 
bizarre ending. Saw it. It just makes it because it's 1989. Just makes our uh, parameters here. Um, I saw it in a theater with uh, a lot of people who did not look like me. And, um, and it got really rough at the end. I know there are some racial undertone, you know, with Sal's Pizza, Sal's Pizzeria, Danny Aiello runs Sal's Pizzeria. So, of course, I'm going to like that. And that, spoiler alert, Pizzeria gets destroyed by Spike Lee and his friends. And um, rightfully so, they did the right thing. But uh, I remember the back of my seat getting kicked many, many times throughout that theater. Um, I felt like I was in the wrong spot, but nonetheless, still uh, one of my favorites. You remember? Do you remember do the right thing? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and yeah, and the death of uh, what was it? Radio Rahim. Radio Rahim. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's a that's one of those movie deaths that 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 hits pretty hard. And that movie, one thing that movie did as a summer movie is, is it captured the heat. Yeah, that right. summer, like just the way that Spike Lee shot that and mm-hmm. the way that it was like, you know, it's like I, I almost want to like dab the sweat away from my my forehead. Just just thinking about it, he really <laughs> did capture what it was like to be in a tense, you know, I- I- environment and, 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 and all the heat that went with that. Turning but on the fire like, hydrant, letting the cars yeah. go by. Who was it? Uh, Frank Vincent, right? Uh, drives by in the car and gets it gets destroyed. The convertible. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh yeah, yeah, that's my that's my favorite Spike Lee movie. Yep, mine too. No question. All right, so now your fourth pick. Oh boy. Well, all right, I'm coming back com- coming back fourth and look, I, I I'm picking some very uh you're doing a better job of picking films that uh are uh substantial than I oh, am. I don't know. But for just summer vibes i'm going to take a movie that i remember going and seeing with my buddy in the theater in the summer and liking it more than i thought that i possibly would and to this day i still love this movie for some reason summer school oh yeah yeah really good summer school what year was that around 87 okay yeah, I don't know. It's just Mark Harmon teaching summer school, trying to mail it in, <laughs> you know, just just picking up a paycheck, mm-hmm. lazy ass, didn't give a shit. This right. classroom full of misfits and oddballs. And, uh, you know, somehow he he actually ends up making a goddamn difference. So, yeah. You're right. It's like a classic two out of four star movie. It's a lot but different from summer school that I'm experiencing with my um, kid who's entering high school where my wife and I just sit and um, answer health questions for him for three and a half hours a day uh, <laughs> and turn in the assignments. <laughs> but yeah, that was a that's not a Mark Harmon's summer school for sure. Good movie. Good choice. Um all right, I am going to go, I'm going to go Stand By Me, 1986, mm-hmm. right? Yes, yeah, that's a good call. Song was great. The big journey of the um, big little fat Jerry O'Connell who ended up being, like, didn't he marry, um, who did he marry again? Uh, yeah, Rebecca Romaine Stamos. Rebecca yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you imagine that kid married her. Yeah. little fat f- grew up yeah. to own it. Yeah, um, not even Corey yeah, Feldman. A journey to, loved, to catch I, a dead body, to find the dead body, right? The two scenes I think of are them trying to outrun the train. Yeah. And the and the story where everybody's throwing up high. Right. 
or whatever, which at the time I thought was the funniest thing in the entire world. The way the they shot that. Yes. On the heels of the hot dog eating contest, Lardass was the name of the competitor. Yes. And he drank some kind of, what did he drink? Like kerosene or something, something that would <laughs> really just, um, and they called him Lardass and he was going to get his revenge. Yeah. That's a great scene. And the way they shot it, just, just pouring out like a hose yeah, coming out. Yeah. Unexpected and absurd and over the top and, uh, really good. So I, I look my last one here again. I, I I'm thinking I'm going to go blockbuster, which mm. uh, I haven't done. How about ET? Oh yeah, solid. You know, like mm-hmm. I remember, and again, I don't remember exactly when ET came out, but I associate I associate yep. with that summer. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I was again probably ten years old when that came out, and you know, everybody our age loved ET. I think so. Right. Um, so, so for me, that's one that takes me back to, uh, I, I used to go to the drive-in mm-hmm. back in the early eighties. We had a drive-in theater a few miles from my house and I believe yeah. I saw ET at the drive-in actually. Really? Yeah. Not too many of those anymore. That's a good one. That's a good one to see at the drive-in. Cause then you can look to the sky and see if, is there an actual floating bicycle? Yeah. Is there with anything an alien? Up there? Yeah. yeah. I like that. Um, all right. You know, I could be cool and say, I don't know if this would be cool, dirty dancing or. Friday the 13th, but I don't think I'd be true to myself if I didn't put the karate kid in there. Uh, 1984 summer end of summer, Mrs. LaRusse is driving up there with the station wagon. And of course we're treated to a, uh, one of the great relationships, friend relationships, um, between Miyagi and, uh, Danny LaRusse. And, um, there have been, um, People have fun with this on YouTube and they create the illusion that it's actually Danny LaRusse who's, um, was the problem with the whole thing. Like he started this whole thing, yeah. right? Like yeah. uh, on the yeah. beach and, and right. He's kind of yeah. being a pussy, Sal. I'm going to be honest with you. I, yeah. I, I, I buy the Danny uh, LaRusso was uh, the, was the real bad guy narrative. I, I, I have accepted <laughs> that. <laughs> it's true. I mean, look what he did when it, what was he like a shower curtain or something? And then, uh, yeah. Yeah, he, 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 he make, makes the water, and then yeah, and then he has Miyagi has to beat up these uh thirteen year olds, which uh, is yeah, not allowed. Yeah, we got this, um, we got this guy doing that. Then he ends up kicking. Then he ends up kicking face, which right. seems as though that's not the way to. That's not the way to win with honor, is it? I, I just. How about entering the tournament know. falsely without a, a black belt and stealing one from the side, right? As they're this is what uh, signing I'm saying. up. I mean, I think yeah. we, you know, there, there needs to be a reckoning with, with mm-hmm. the relationship that a lot of people have with this movie. I think, I think Johnny, Johnny Lawrence is one of the most uh, misunderstood characters uh, from any movie. You know, no I think question. He, he had every right, he had every right to, he had every right to not like Daniel. Right. Maybe Daniel saw him in just one of the guys. I'm not sure which one came out first, so I might be wrong. But uh, I'm just yeah. happy that Zabka, uh, you know, is, is in two of the movies from yes. our list because what is more 80s summer than than Zabka? You know, really it's is. only right. It really is. Do you watch Cobra Kai at all? I haven't seen it. I, I mm. haven't. Uh, but I've heard pretty much everything that I've heard about it is positive. So, yeah, it's a. Yeah. Uh, it's great and terrible at the same time. So uh, <laughs> you would love it. You would absolutely love that's it. That's right. right. That's my that's my favorite genre is, is great and terrible <laughs> right. at the same time. Uh, let's take a quick break and then we don't have to do five, but let's do our top three TV theme songs from the 70s, 80s. We'll be right back. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, Ricky, you kick us off. This really is neither here nor there. Like the baseball made sense because it's baseball season, (laughs) summer movies. But I just I'm curious to know your favorite TV theme songs from the 70s and 80s. And let's remind people that it's different than it is now, because there was the notion back then that a TV theme song, I think it was the average length was like a minute and a half long. And then the they did some research and said, um, no one's sticking around for these. I guess the theme songs were not as impactful. Uh, later on. And so uh, let's make these 30 seconds or shorter and then get right into the content part of the TV show. But this was a different uh, time we lived in. It's something's been lost. Mm-hmm. I would, I would argue because I love this. Shit. Some of these, you know, there were even longer form versions of them that would get played on the radio. Sure. Occasionally a TV theme song would end up actually like cracking the top 40. You get to seventies on seven on the, on Sirius satellite and they'll put, they'll play a bunch of these for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I'll, you know, I'll, I'll kick off with one that I think actually went number one on the charts mm-hmm. of the year that it came out. How about the theme from welcome back, Connor? Great. Damn. That's number one with a bullet on my list. You know, excellent. I yeah. mean, that's just a great song. John period, Sebastian, period. even without a TV show. John Sebastian, it's, it's, it's a brilliant song. And like I say, I think that song actually went number one. So, mm-hmm. you know, probably be a, probably be a cold day in hell before we ever see another television theme song, go to the top of the charts. Yeah. You're not kidding. Um, all right. I'm going to take one that you're not going to probably steal from me. So I could probably wait if we're doing top three, but, um, I think my favorite in terms of ones that I've listened to over and over, and it's really cheesy, but uh, the greatest American hero theme song by oh. Joey Scarberry. Dude, and uh, yeah. that, that was my favorite. And then I remember watching like, saw, was it solid gold or American bandstand solid gold, I think. solid gold, solid gold. They're like Joey Scarberry is going to sing greatest American hero. I was like, Oh, all right. I think I know what this guy looks like. And he was like this fat at the time, sweaty <laughs> man with a guitar <laughs> on stage, just strumming along. Yeah. Like, this isn't, he isn't because you start thinking like the greatest American hero is the person singing it. Right. Like <laughs> much like you, you could predict, you could kind of picture John Travolta singing, welcome back hotter in your head. Well, the, you know, the song. Um, but anyway, this is not what I thought it would be, but greatest American hero. That's my uh, pick for number one. I miss the days when you could just be ugly as f- and still <laughs> like be, be a, be a musician, you know, right. it, doesn't, it doesn't fly anymore, but we had no. some pretty, we had some pretty uh, sketchy looking characters. Uh, <laughs> yeah, now everyone's on with, Botox. With their guitars back in the, in the day. <laughs> You're um, right. All right, that's a great choice. Same same principle applies. It's just a good song. 
you know, mm-hmm. it holds up on its own. Um, but I'll, I'll come back and take uh, the theme from the Rockford Files. Oh, really good. Instrumental, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I believe this is Mike Post, who if you, I won't attempt to remember everything off the top of my head, but if you go Google Mike Post, mm-hmm. this guy was prolific. He was just like cranking out. I mean, he he's well up into double figures. Really? Of, uh, TV theme songs that you know that you re- that you recognize. If you look at his body of work, you'll be like, "Holy, shit, this guy's like the he's like the Paul McCartney of really TV yeah. songs." Yeah, I think this song made the show. I really do. The show was fine from what I remember, and I've seen some, um, you know, I've, I've seen some back episodes. But Jim Rockford was just terrific. Way to get you yeah. in. And you were good for at least 20 minutes just uh, living off the high of the song. I That's think. right. So. You, you, you get whatever, you know, because they had that running gimmick, right? Like every week he would have some message on his answer machine. Yeah, know, this right. is Jim Rockford. Leave your name right. and number at the tone. to be like, Jim, you know, this is so-and-so yeah. from down at the bank. Your check bounced, mm-hmm. you know, and then boom, theme song. It was perfect. Right. Yep. Um, okay. So that was your second. Welcome back, oh boy. You have a, you have a nice, uh, nice little roster here. Welcome back, Cotter and Rockford Files. I have Greatest American Hero. I have to take it from you. It seems obvious, but I have to go. Cheers, nineteen eighty two, and it's just, um, yeah. just a real great feel good song. And it's about you know you may feel like a loser throughout your life, but here's a place where everybody knows your name. You know, and they're always glad you came. I don't need to spell it out while singing, just talking through the lyrics. <laughs> but you talk about something that played on the radio. There's a longer version of this, and it's even um, it's 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 even a little weirder with the examples. And talk about ahead of your time. It's like, uh, and your husband wants to be a girl. It's like, oh wow, that was um, that was now. It's like you go to therapy if your husband doesn't want to be a girl, right? He never mentioned <laughs> it at all. But uh, uh, yeah. Be glad that there's a place where everybody knows your name. Cheers, 1982. That's my second pick. Yeah, that's that's top shelf, no doubt yeah. about it, man. Boy, this is a this is a tough one here. If I only get one more, yeah. boy, I want to choose wisely. What are you uh, leaning? What are you between? What are you thinking? Well, of? I'll tell you. I'm I, I'm looking at. I, 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 I'll, I'll bounce a few out here real quick. I, okay. I think I'll take Sanford and Son. Yeah, great. As my Quincy choice, Jones. but man, I don't mm. want to like steal steal your thunder of what you may be thinking of but boy i've got good times here mm-hmm. which uh I, which i always loved how about uh how about the theme from the love boat oh that's great yeah exciting and new and then Come could, because yeah. sound. <laughs> oh wow. respecting you i mean <laughs> I, I talk about getting fired up and then you're getting like the guest up there yes like, oh, exactly Florence Anderson. <laughs> this is going to be, you know, so you're listening to the song while you're seeing all the, all the guest stars. Right, so, right. you know, it's just, my God, Epstein from Welcome Back, Cotter. You know, it's yeah. so random. You might get Vic Tay back if you were lucky. Yeah. Yeah. That was an Epstein we could uh, handle back then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whatever island you. Epstein was going to on the love boat was, was, <laughs> was right. okay island to go to. <laughs> That's a great pick. That's a, is that so? Is that going to be your pick? Yeah, I'm going to take the love boat. Okay, <laughs> I, yeah. I, it's the only one that made me sing, so that's got to mean something. 
Yeah, it, got, it made me a little seasick, but it's a tremendous song. <laughs> um, so now I have to choose because, like, I think All in the Family is my all-time favorite TV show. So it'd be weird for me to not take that. Sang in front of a, a studio audience and then live. And then, uh, you know, it was it was Carol O'Connor and Gene Stapleton singing it. Um, but I would also, I appreciate what you did with the with the song with no lyrics. Right. And I might, now I'm thinking what's happening. Maybe that's terrific. Dribbling that basketball. Yeah. Uh, Going down Laverne the sidewalk. Sh- yeah. Laverne and Shirley's one. great. It's a good one. Uh, Chico and the man's terrific. Jose Feliciano. That's in the early seventies. Yeah, I'll tell you uh, one I always like too. Maude. Yeah. Remember the theme from oh, Maude? Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, it was all was, yeah. The, all those spinoffs were great. Um, it was an art form. It was an art form, Sal. It you really know? was. I really was. I'm gonna go all in the family, though. I yeah. have to go. Boy, the way Glenn Miller played, Mister, we could use a man like Herbert Hoover again. <laughs> again, <laughs> girls were girls and men were men. Which is controversial. You would have had to change that, right? You would oh, not yeah. have been able to do that. Uh, yeah, for you, can, all you the can never. Uh, you can never get away with it. And can we? And can we give at least some sort of a sh- honorable mention? To Barney Miller. Oh, Things Barney Miller. Like Another one. at the beginning where oh. that guy's just like, boom, boom, boom. It's just, yeah. come on. Yeah. It worked perfect with how those characters were introduced, too. The way yeah, it built, it right? really did. Fish and never, yeah. Uh, and it, it's a shame we didn't mention the Jeffersons, but I'm going to do it now oh, because that's, yeah. a, that's sung a by, uh, Sung by uh, uh, Billy Zabka. No, no, you're right. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That guy, I mean, really just a legend. (laughs) Well, this is terrific. I hope it was as much fun uh, for you as it was for me. We could, we could really talk about this stuff for hours and hours. Uh, Ricky, super 70 sports, tell people to go there. You got a blue check mark. It's bright blue. It's beautiful. (laughs) And you deserve it, pal. It was very affordable. You know, <laughs> the edit button. This is the thing. People have complained for forever about an edit button. Okay, well, yeah. there's an edit button. You're what does it do? What does the edit button do? I don't, I don't understand. I don't work for Twitter, but, well, you know, you can pull one back. You can undo on a tweet. I can tell you at least once, if not twice a day, oh. I'll tweet back when I send it because I'll notice that I f- something up grammatically or left a word out. Yeah, but what do you, you have like five seconds or do you have uh, three days? 30 seconds. Oh, 30 seconds. When you hit send, Uh, you know, this is, this is something only the aristocracy, you know, such as myself with $8 a month to burn mm -hmm. uh, is aware of, (laughs) but you get 30 seconds to, uh, to undo whatever it is and and pull it back before, before you send it as well. So that's, and you can, so it doesn't actually send. So people could take a, can't take a screen grab of it because it has actually hasn't sent. Right. It actually hasn't sent. Now you, you there's two I buttons. See. There's one that says undo and there's uh-huh. one that says send now. But if you just click, I'm going to send this, it yeah. will give you, it'll count down 30 seconds and then it'll go. Right. So right. Right. You have, th- you have 30 seconds to think better of it. Gotcha. Okay. You know what? I'm doing it. Eight bucks. I'll dig it out. I, you, I, you're going to feel, you're going to feel so good when you get that blue check back. It's going to be like everything in life is right again. Sal. Well, I don't like what, what I don't like is the people with, um, you know, a 65 followers and a blue check mark telling me you're better than this. 
I don't know why. <laughs> so, yes, if I could avoid that, uh, it would yeah. be terrific. And I'm never, ever better than this. Remember that. I know I know you point that out, too, uh, when people say that. But uh, anyway, Ricky, thanks so much for jumping on. Uh, anything else you want to promote? No, nah, I would just say, hey, super70sportsstore.com. If you're looking for some uh, stuff that'll take you back to yeah. uh, a, a different time and you know, isn't going to be the kind of shirts for the most part that you're going to see everybody else wearing. You know, it's, it's, it's stuff that uh, isn't for everybody, but for the people that it's for, it hits a sweet spot. So I, uh, I would encourage people to go check it out. I got for, I mean, there's a birthday gift for anyone, you know, in there, there just, just absolutely is. I got, um, Bill Simmons, a Carver high shirt. He was delighted. And uh, what did I get my cousin, Jimmy? Oh, my cousin, Jimmy Kimmel worked at Miller's Outpost. And that was a, uh, <laughs> that was a nice little, uh, nice little nugget to uncover there at super seventies store. That was a lot of fun. So, but there's hundreds of options. So yeah, spend some time, spend the whole summer uh, looking at that. Ricky cop. Thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate it, pal. Sal pleasure as always, my friend. Thank you. All right. You got it. Na, 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 na. Na 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 na